Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Uh, Go with me over to Mark 11 tonight. And... um... Now, we've been ministering on turning to the Word, and we're, we're not done with that by any means. And uh, I can tell you we're not done because I've got brand new notes that, that I've not taught yet on that. But we're going to teach on something else tonight. Uh, just simply because this is something that the Lord's been talking to me about. And uh, um, we want to look at moving forward in forgiveness. Moving forward in forgiveness. Uh, I've already got a series ready for beginning my first message in January, and it's going to be called Together We Can. And uh, where we're going, what we're going to be doing. Amen. Uh, I've been chomping at the bit to preach that, and the Lord's just been telling me there's some things we need to walk out. Moving forward in forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is one of those subjects like, like love, and here's what I mean by that is um, I think sometimes uh, people preach on love and, and forgiveness and things like that because we know we need to. And, uh, you know, when, when, when we talk about love, you know, you hear a lot of nervous laughter throughout the congregation and, and you know, uh, uh, these different things. And we talk a lot about traffic and, and you know, people cutting us off and, right? And, and, and that's, that's all well and good. But James said something while he was taking up the offering that the Lord had said to me some time ago. He said, if the love flow is blocked, the faith flow is blocked. Brother David made reference to Galatians 5, 6 today. And it says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything but faith, which worketh by love. And uh, the, the Bible says in the book, in the, the Weiss translation, but faith coming to full expression through love. And so my faith cannot come to full expression without love. Amen. That, that's so important because I want my, my faith fully expressing itself. Right when when I'm operating my faith, I want a full expression of faith, and uh, you know the 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 thing about this is is forgiveness and love and um, everything that we can talk about along those lines. We're going to be doing that till the rapture, and then when we get to heaven, we're going to be doing that. Because the Bible says in First Corinthians thirteen, you'll remember it says, uh, "Now by the faith, hope, and love." right? But the greatest of these is love. And so it's eternal. There'll always be faith. There'll always be hope. There'll always be love. It's, it's, it's something that's eternal. And so where we're at right now, every situation that we find ourselves in is, if I could, if I could say it this way, it's practice for something greater. Every opportunity that you have to walk in love, that you have to forgive, that you have to not be critical, that is God saying, okay, I need you to be ready to move into something else. Because everywhere that you go, not only is the faith walk going to be greater, the love walk is going to be greater. 
right? The love walk. You know, I loved it when nobody knew me. I mean, I loved it. I, I, I loved going to my job and working in corporate America from, you know, seven in the morning till four in the evening. And, and then eventually it was, it was later in the morning, later in the evening. But here's the thing. Then I would go and I would preach at the church I was associate pastor in. Everybody loved me. You know, the, the, the pastor took all the hits. I was just, yeah, I was just preaching. And, and then God, God starts giving you a little bit more of a platform well, not only does my faith have to grow, my love has to grow, right? That, that's so important because remember 1 Corinthians 13 said you can have all faith to remove mountains, and if you don't have love, it doesn't profit you. So in other words, the faith is there. You've been putting the Word in you, but without the love to energize it and to make it effective, it's of no profit. Amen, and 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 that's why uh, you you remember I've I've got uh, the first letter that Pastor Caldwell ever wrote me in my office, and uh, I, I always loved that because uh, you know of course it's agape church, and then the scripture reference for agape church is by this all men will know that you're my disciples that you have love, and they had love there, and then in parentheses agape, for each other, well that's the God kind of love. And so it's, 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 it's always been interesting to me that most of his advice to me always has something to do with this. Walk in love and stay above the fray. Walk in love and stay above the fray. Now, when we hear that walk in love, again, it's a situation where we can, we can fall into that mindset of, yeah, 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 well, yeah, we got to walk in love, got to be nice to everybody. Love is a powerhouse. All right, think, think about this. I used to train extensively in martial arts, jiu-jitsu. And the only reason why I, I quit training was I couldn't. I, it's something that as you get higher and higher, you got to give more and more of your time to. You got to just focus on it. So I got to a place, and I, I told, uh, I, was, I was the assist, assistant sensei at the dojo, and I told the, the founding man, I said, I can't, I can't do it anymore because uh, of, of the ministry. And, uh, but here's, here's the thing. Uh, love is a powerhouse, all right? Love is a powerhouse. And when you begin to walk in love, it's, it's not just being nice, all right? When you, when you begin to walk in love, I'm trying to remember why I was telling you about martial arts. Y'all in the spirit, you could help me. No, I'm joking. But in any event, love is not just something, it's, it's something where, you know, very often, well, yeah, you know, you got to walk in love and you got to be nice. Love is what drives everything that God wants to do. It's what drives everything. It started with love. God so loved the world that he gave, right? So in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, notice Jesus said, very familiar verse, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Amen. 
Therefore, I say to you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And, now I always thought it was interesting that verse 25 started off with and. All right, so we're connecting the other thoughts. All right, for instance, verse 23, a very familiar verse about believing you'll have whatever you say. He says, you'll have whatever you say, and then verse 24 starts with, therefore, in light of what verse 23 said, because you said it and you spoke to it when you pray, what things soever you desire, you des- how do you prove you desired it? You said it. What things soever you desire, believe that you receive. So he's saying, believe that you receive what you said, right? And you'll have what you said or what you desired. And then verse 25 says, and when, all right? Now, this is important because he, he, it seems like he's introducing the subject of prayer, but prayer was introduced in verse 24. Therefore, when you pray, what things soever you desire, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. Is that what it says? If you have all against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Amen. Now, notice something. I want, I want you to notice something that's very important. Throughout the Bible, there are different detriments to faith mentioned throughout the Word. This is the only one Jesus talked about. In the four Gospels, this is the only enemy to faith that Jesus talked about was love and forgiveness. And notice what he said. He said, when you stand praying, forgive. If you have, In other words, when you're praying and thanking me for those things that you desire, and it comes up in you that you need to forgive somebody. The idea, the, the common idea there is stop right then and go forgive them. All right? Well, you know, and right, and it, and it could be somebody that's not even alive anymore. It could be somebody that is out of your life. But the Amplified Bible says, when you realize that, drop it, leave it, and let it go. So that means I may or may not be able to go to the person and say, I forgive you. But even if I can't, my job is drop it. Right? Drop it. Leave it. Let it go. Right? Do you see that? Can, can you back that up to the, to the first part of that verse? Hallelujah. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Let it drop. Leave it. Let it go. Why? In order that your Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. Now, you know, it always was interesting to me that that's in red. And Jesus said, I needed to forgive and let things go so my Father could forgive and let things go. Now, God is a forgiving God. But what this is saying, in essence, in all my study that I found, the simplest way I know to say this is what Jesus is saying is if you don't forgive, there are things God can't do for you. I have to forgive so that it opens the channel for God to do things for me. 
Amen. You are, listen, this, this is so important, and I want to say it correctly, because the person you forgive may or may not care whether you forgave them or not. Some people could care less. They don't even think about you. Right? Amen. I remember one time I was dealing with something, and, and I don't know about you, but, you know, every time you'd, I would see this person, it was like, I don't know, you've never been there, I understand. Right? And it hit me one time, one night. They're at home asleep. Sleeping good. I'm the one that's not sleeping. Right? So even though they may or may not care if I forgive them, Jesus says there's things the Father can't do for you if you don't forgive them. And notice how, how quick he says, leave it or let it drop, leave it, let it go. You know, that carries that idea, just drop it and walk off. I forgive. I forgive. Notice, not when they ask you. When you realize you have ought against them. Right? The whole context of the word forgive, it means to do something beforehand. I'm forgiving them before they ever ask me. Right? This is so important because he puts this in this context. He says, look, you can speak to the mountain, right? And and Scripture has to bear witness with other Scripture. And 1 Corinthians 13 says, I can have faith to move mountains, but if I don't have love, it won't profit me. Well, what is one of the core attributes of love forgiveness? If I love you, I'll forgive you with no strings attached. Amen. Right? So when somebody says, forgive me, your response is done. Done. Yeah, but don't they have to prove themselves? I See, I don't see that here. I don't see if you have ought against somebody, forgive them, and then have them prove themselves. I don't see that. that yeah, there's a, there, I mean, obviously. But, but here's the thing. My job is to forgive. You know, there are people that do people wrong. I've got somebody in my life that, that, that they are constantly, con- have you ever been around somebody that is drama-sidal? You know what I mean by that? I mean, it's, it's, it, things will go good. It's, it's like about a three-month stretch. And then it's just like everything falls apart. And your problems are their problems. Right? Well, I had to forgive this person years ago. And they keep bearing the recompense of their decisions. I've forgiven them. Right? See, there's people that you forgive, but you can't, you can't stop the recompense of their actions from coming on them, even though I've forgiven them. Amen. You know, you'll see families in a courtroom, and, and, and very often you'll see that a loved one of theirs was killed in a drunk driving accident or a murder or something, and, and the people will forgive the person. Now, that's the love of God. But they don't, they can't stop the sentence. But they can forgive. I can always forgive. Why? Well, look at Romans 5 5. Look at Romans 5 5. Am I helping you? 
Romans 5, 5, notice what it says. It says, and hope maketh not ashamed. Is that right? For the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Now, this is so important. This is not just love. This is agapeo. This is agape. This is the love of God. I have God's love. Notice that has been shed abroad in my heart. The Weiss Bible says poured into my heart, and it still floods my heart. Do you understand? And so the love of God when I was born again was poured into my heart, and the love of God still floods my heart. So that means I have access to that love of God whenever I want to. So I can walk in love in any situation. I can forgive any situation. And I've had people say, well, you got to forgive by faith. Well, everything that you do that's of God's by faith, right? It takes, it takes love to work faith, and it takes faith to work love. But you have to do it. And like anything else, for instance, when you take a healing scripture by faith, do you have your healing then or when you feel it? The moment I took it by faith. So the moment you forgive by faith, you forgave. Even though you might have to cast down imaginations, you might have to hold your tongue, you may have to stay away from that person, you may have to love from a distance. Right? But you've done it. I say you've done it. Why? Because I want everything that God can do for me, I want him to do it. And he says, what can stop that is me not forgiving. Amen? Look, look at Matthew 18. Matthew chapter 18. Hallelujah. And uh, let's look here at verse 22. Hmm. And, well, let's start in verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him until seven times. And Jesus said unto him, until seven times, not, 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 I do not say unto you until seven times, but until 70 times seven. Now, well, we're going to read on, but we know that's 490 times. And notice what Peter had asked. How often shall my brother sin against me? Well, the reference is in one day. And if he, if he sins against me seven times, should I forgive him? And Jesus said, no, 490 times in one day. Is that right? Well, you know, I don't know anybody that's ever been sinned against 490 times in one day. Well, why could he say this? Because the love of God's been shed abroad in our heart. This is so important. You know, I don't make fun of Peter here because that's a pretty good number, seven times. I know people that won't forgive one time, right? And, and I'm not going to get into what they won't do because I want you to do it, <laughs> all right? And, and the reason I want you to do it is, is the freedom that it brings. When you have the forget the freedom that forgiveness brings, your faith is able to come to full expression. Because there's a freedom that forgiveness brings. 
And when you are ready constantly to forgive others, you will forgive yourself quicker when you fail. What holds a lot of people's faith back is they won't forgive themselves. And, and understand that you are a person that has to forgive yourself. If you won't forgive yourself, it'll stifle fl- the flow of faith. Why? Because you're laboring under condemnation. You're laboring under shame. You're laboring under guilt. You got to forgive yourself. Well, yeah, but you know, Pastor, I just messed up. I, you know, I, I blew it. Well, okay, join the blew it club. Join the messed it up club. Everybody's done it. But here's the thing. When, when we read in the verse uh, uh, of 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, where it says, uh, uh, if, if, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What is that contingent upon? You forgiving yourself. If you don't forgive yourself, you won't receive his forgiveness. Amen. it'll, It'll stop the flow. And you can be forgiven, but you won't forgive yourself. But pastor, you don't know what I did. That's not the issue. It doesn't matter if I know. You gotta forgive it. Everybody sitting in here has done things that nobody knows you did. And, and nobody needs to know you did it. It's under the blood. It's been forgiven, right? That's, that's just the way it is. But, but here's the issue. What do you do the moment you miss it? You ask God to forgive you, and you forgive yourself. How do you know you've forgiven yourself? You get up from asking him to forgive you, and you go on about your business. Amen. I, I've told you the story. Man, one time I got in the flesh, and I know that's, un, I know that's hard to believe, Right? And it was on a Wednesday, Brother David, it was on a Wednesday afternoon. And I'm like Jesse. I had a fit of carnality. (laughs) And I told the Lord, I said, I'm not ministering tonight. He said, well, then who is? I said, I don't know. I said, I'll get Michelle or one of them, Tony Mendez, somebody. And he began to tell me why they couldn't minister. Michelle was doing youth group at the time, and Tony had other responsibilities. And I said, well, I'm not. We'll just watch a video or something. Amen. And the Lord said to me, did you ask me to forgive you? I said, yes. He said, Philip, it is in bad taste to bring up to me what I have forgiven. That changed my life. See, he's not, making it, he's not making it easy. He's not being light on a fit of carnality, if that's what you want to call it. He's saying, you obeyed the word. Remember, what does the word say? If you miss it, what's the word say? Confess it, and he'll forgive it. Is that right? Well, how does God's forgiveness work? He puts it in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against you again, He throws it as far as the east is from the west. Nobody in here knows how far the east is from the west. That's what he's saying. And he says, I will remember it no more. Brother David read it this morning. He said, I, even I, am the Lord your God that blots out your transgressions and will remember them no more. Now, see, the one that's able to do everything for me that I need is him. And he forgives and forgets. I have to forgive and forget. Do, do, do you understand that? Amen. Amen. And, and see, the enemy is right there to beat you up. 
where you did this and you did that. Without deception, the devil doesn't have a foothold. Now, see, here, here's what I want you to understand. If God forgave it and it's like it never even happened, then I have biblical ground to tell the devil, I don't know what you're talking about. Is that right? Because, see, what do I want? I want the full expression of the power of God in my life. How do I do that? Forgive. Forgive. Amen. Let's go on to Matthew here. Verse 23, therefore is the kingdom of heaven. Now, remember, the kingdom of heaven is a system likened unto a certain man that would take account of his servants. When he'd begun to reckon, to, to reckon the books or reconcile the books, one was brought that owed him 10,000 talents, $12 million approximately, $12 million. Now, understand, we think $12 million, and, and that's a large sum, but not unsurpassable, un, unreturnable. In this day and age, $12 million? No way he could ever repay that. Too much money. All right? Before as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife and children, all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. Then the Lord of that servant was what? Moved with compassion, loosed him, and what? Forgave him his debt. Is that right? Forgave him his debt. Now understand the context Jesus is using this in. If my brother sins against me and seven times, is that how many times I forgive him? Seven times in a day. And Jesus says 490 times in a day. And then he says this is how the kingdom operates. Right? Here's what he's saying. This, now, now understand, he's saying this was you. You owed a debt. Remember the song we used to sing when we were growing up in church? He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sin away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. I could never pay. I could never make myself right. But he had what? Compassion on me. And what did he do? Forgave me. Forgave me. Right? So he forgives this man. $12 million debt. But the same servant. Now, when I read that, you read it however you want. When I read that, it says the same servant. Here's what I say. The guy that owed $12 million, the same servant that was forgiven of a $12 million debt. Think about that. I don't know what debt you may have, but what if your creditor just called you up and said, look, we're writing it off. We're just forgiving you. Amen. Woo, glory. I, I don't know about you, but it'd make me want to go do something for somebody else. Right? But that same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants. Now, that's important. He's a fellow servant. He's worked with this guy. They've labored together. They work for the same company. They're buddies. They went to lunch together. That owed him what? A hundred pence. $20. Remember, he owed $12 million, and he just got forgiven. And now this guy owes him $20. Look what I did. Laid hands on him. Took him by the throat. The Weiss Bible says he took him by the throat and went to strangling him. 
squeezing the life out of him. Pay me what you owe me. Is that right? Look, look at what he said. This is so important. It says, notice what he said. He said, he fell down on his knees and besought him, saying, have patience with me, and I'll pay you all. Exact same thing he said. Is that right? So here's 12 million choking 20. And he says the same thing. But notice, notice the next verse, what, what this man did. It says that he would not. Notice it didn't say could not, would not. But went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told the Lord all that was done. And his Lord after that called him and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you desired me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do unto you if you from your hearts do not forgive everyone his brother that trespasses. Did, do you see that? What, what does that mean? Again, there's things God can't do for you. If you won't forgive. See, what got, this, what got this man thrown into prison? Unforgiveness. Not the money. The money was forgiven. Think about that. Think about that for a moment. It's, it's not sin that holds people in bondage once they're born again. It's a lack of forgiveness. It locks you up. Oh, hallelujah. This is so important. Hallelujah. So the Lord, this man's Lord, gave him the example of what to do. Even though you owe me all this money, I'm going to forgive you. Well, you know, Pastor, if I forgive them, they're just going to do it again. Yeah, and you'll just forgive them again. Well, it's not that easy. Notice I never used that word. But you can choose to do it by faith. I say you can choose to do it by faith. Is that right? Because why? I want my faith to have full expression. I want to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. I want to speak to the mountain and see it move. Is that right? I want whatever my hands touch to prosper. Amen. Is that right? And, and what's that going what's that, what's that to be prefaced by? Forgiveness. Walking in love. Making that decision. Amen. Not, listen, not just, not just in the context of not getting offended. I, I, I say this all the time. Mature people don't get offended. When you mature in the things of God, you don't get offended. Kids, you know, immature people don't offend me. Right? Because they're immature, and you recognize they're immature. It's immature people that get offended. Once you grow into the things of God, you quit getting offended. 
Why? Because love becomes the order of the day. Forgiveness becomes what you do. Amen. Well, I found out they said that about me. Can you believe they said that about me? Yes, I can. I can believe that they said it because everybody's got a flesh. And there's sometimes you're forgiving people's flesh. And you don't want to forgive their flesh. And think, oh, my Lord, I could, uh, I got to be careful there. Because it's always what they said about me, what they did to me, how they treated me, what they did to me. They talked to Gloria about me. They talked to Jim about Tracy. I mean, about me. (laughs) And Jim said, do tell. No, not really. (laughs) Hallelujah. And Tracy said, look, brother. Amen. Anyway. Glory to God. But note, notice where the focus is. Me. Me. I want you to forgive me. You need to be forgiven me. What you did to me. Well, see, that's locking that person up. Because even if they did it, my job's forgive it. And I, I've, I've counseled people before and they'd say, well, what about what they did to me? This is not about what they did to you. It's about what you're going to miss out on if you don't forgive them. Amen. See, I got to forgive them. That, that's so important. I got to forgive myself. I got to forgive my neighbors. I got to forgive my family. I, you know, any context that you want to put it in. Oh, hallelujah. I remember one time, uh, you know, pastors have stories. And uh, I, I got about 25 minutes, so bear with me. But uh, uh, we, uh, we had, I don't know, we'd had the church there in, in the Kansas location maybe three or four years. I, I don't remember exactly, maybe three, I think. And uh, the Assembly of God started a church there. They said that there was, they said there was no uh, Pentecostal influence in DeSoto. Well, we were there, so there was. But, you know, I don't, I don't blame them. They didn't know. Uh, a friend of mine was on the, the, the general superintendent's board of the Assembly of God there, and, and he fought for us. He said, well, there is. And, you know, they, they, you know, I mean, it's like anywhere you go in the world, you find two things, Coca-Cola and the Assembly of God. I mean, it's just, it's just the, <laughs> it's the way it is. But, but the point is, is this, you know, and, and I'm not making fun, but, you know, they thought they would just come in and, and just take over the city. Well, this is how I do things. And so I knew the Assembly of God pastor and his wife had come to town, and they had advertisements up. And so I called him. I said, hey, I'd like to take you all out to lunch and welcome you to the city. And, you know, at that time, DeSoto was only about 4,000 people. I mean, not very big. And uh, so I took him out and, uh, and was talking to him. And I had three, three buses that we had for the church. And, and I said, look, I'd, I'd like to give you a bus, you know, help out with the outreach and, and this stuff. And boy, his wife looked at me, and you'd have thought that I had cussed. And she said, no, we don't need your bus. She said, we might need a bus when we have our church out on 10 Highway. Then we'll, we, might, we might need a bus when, when we build our new building. Well, I, you know, I knew, I knew what she meant. You know, it was, it was trying to make what we were doing look small in comparison to what they were doing. Well, here's the thing. I remember sitting there at the table, and I thought to myself, you know, now I got a choice here. I'm trying to do the right thing. 
And so I'm right there sitting at, at the table. Jose Peppers, I forgave. I said, no, I'm, I'm going to forgive them. Amen. You know, when, 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 when people uh, in, in the town would die, that maybe I had something to do with the funeral, he'd show up in his suit and try to get people at the funeral. You say, what'd you do when he would show up? Man, I went up and hung. This guy was from Georgia. He was country as a bowl of grits. I mean, just as country as could be. And, uh, and, and I'd just go up and hug him right in front of everybody. He was about 6'6", weighed about 320. And I'd just hug him and he'd just get stiff. And brother, how you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, he would. And, and, but, you know, one day I saw him in the grocery store. And I, and I called his name. I said, hey, we need to get together for lunch. And when he looked at me, I could see he was a broken man. He said, no, I can't get together for lunch. I've, I've had to take a job. Well, their church wasn't growing, and so the, the, the district had pulled their stipend, and now he's having to work and pastor the church. Well, I didn't, I didn't go out of there gloating. I went out of there feeling bad about that. But you know, you know what stopped that growth? You know what stopped that church from moving forward? Is that lack of being willing to walk in love and work together. That's so important. Amen. It stops the expression of what God wants. Amen. So Jesus said, notice, and this is a hard thing, but he said, that's how my heavenly Father will do if you don't from your heart forgive your brother their trespasses. In in other words, you throw yourself into prison when you won't forgive. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Look, look, look at Ephesians 4. I know this is elementary, but uh, and, uh, verse 31, Ephesians 4, 31. Let all bitterness and ranger and, uh, or all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Notice that. Even as God, for Christ's sake, or as God in Christ, forgave you. Now, this is important because it tells me to do something like God. You know, people like when you tell them to use the God kind of faith and to act like God and speak to the mountain and act like God and speak things into existence because God calls those things that be not. So be like God and call those things that be not as though they were. I'm telling you tonight, my family, be like God and forgive. Because he says, do this even as God has forgiven you. Well, now, see, the key there is even as God forgave you. How did God forgive you? No strings. Nothing held back. Is that right? You know, I used to minister, Jim and I used to minister every Thursday. We, I, Jim, for how long? Year, eight years? Yeah, about eight years. Every Thursday, 
we ministered in the Lansing Correctional Facility, and we ministered in the in the minimum. The, a lot of these guys had come to the to the max and then the medium, and then they were in the 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 minimum was the last couple of years, and they were getting out. Here was the thing: the bulk of these men were pedophiles. All right, some of them were drug charges, some of them violent crimes. The bulk of them were pedophiles. Now, there's nothing more detestable in the world than a pedophile. Anybody that would hurt, harm, abuse a child, it's despicable. There's no way around that. Is that right or wrong? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. What if somebody that's committed that crime gets saved? And they pay their debt to society, so to speak. Then what? They're born again. Now, I can't stop them from having to register with the state and having to fulfill their due diligence. But listen to this. I have to forgive them even as God forgave me. Is that right? And I had people ask, how can you all go and minister to them and minister the love of God? Well, I mean, how could we not? So when you're asked, when, when you need to forgive, notice how he said to forgive, even as God in Christ forgave you. So how did God forgive you? No strings attached, immediately, unequivocally, nothing held against you. So that's why I say when somebody says, forgive me, done. I, I was walking right over there one day, and, and, and uh, uh, I walked by, and there's a young man here, and, and he had done something. I, I don't, I, to this day, I don't know what it was. He, he stopped me, and he grabbed me, and I was, I was busy doing something. And he said, Pastor, I need you to forgive me for something. I said, done. And I kept walking. And he caught me on the way back, and he said, but wait a minute. You don't know what I need to forget you to forgive me for. I said, it don't matter. I said, it's done. And I kept going. He's never told me what it was. I've never asked. I forgave him. I'm not, I'm not bragging on me. I'm saying I had to learn. When someone says, forgive me, I don't say, what for? Okay, I forgive you. Well, let me tell you why. Well, you can if you want, but it don't matter. It's not going to change it. Right? Man, I, I bought my new car. Bought my new car on a Tuesday. Went to Kroger next Tuesday. Had it one week. I'm pulling out of the lot. I'd, I'd went to get some supplies for Taco Tuesday. Glory to God. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I am, uh, I am uh, pulling out, and a young lady wasn't watching what she was doing, and she backed into me. Mm. And you know, you know how it sounds when you get hit. And the first thing you're thinking is, my new car. I don't know about you, that's what I thought. But watch, I opened the door, and I knew when my feet hit the ground, listen, the way you respond to this is going to determine how things turn out. And by the time I got to the back of my car, I had forgiven her. And I walked around there, and she, you know, and then people's attitude, you know, it's like she didn't care. She could have cared less if she hit me. She was chewing her gum, looking at her phone. 
And I just kind of looked at her like, say something. Well, she was an employee there, so she got on the phone with her manager. And finally, I went over to her. I said, young lady, you hit me, so I'm going to call the police. Right? Now, I'm not going to go through all that. That was a whole different thing. But here's the thing. I had already forgiven. Why? I want the full expression of what God, I need favor. Right? Because what are we believing for? Jobs and better jobs. Raises and bonuses. Benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, discounts and dividends, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills decreased, bills paid off, blessing and increase. All that's contingent on your forgiveness. It's all contingent on our forgiveness. Amen? And, and, and so, you know, so now I forgive now I can claim favor. Right? And so we claim favor. Insurance calls us. Well, we don't know if we're going to, her insurance calls us. We don't know if we're going to cover all of it because we need to investigate. And she asked me, whose fault do you think it was? And I said very plainly, I said, I don't think it was anybody's fault but hers. <laughs> I mean, look at my car. Right? Now, this is a nice lady. Don't get me wrong. Well, but we're claiming favor. But we have grounds because we've forgiven. Right? We've forgiven. Well, then it's no wonder they called back and said, yeah, we're going to cover it all 100%. Right? And we'll give you a rental for the whole time. No, no, right? Regardless if you like the rental or not. But it's, it's the forgiveness factor. You want to move forward in forgiveness, right? I want to move forward in forgiveness. So how do we forgive? Even as God in Christ forgave us. Amen. Harmonious relationships are dependent on your forgiveness, Right? That's, that's why you shouldn't joke about certain things. And, and I got to be careful with this because, uh, you know, I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. But, you know, it's like one man said, if, if we step on your toes, we'll get a tow truck. So it'll be okay. But, uh, right? But you'll, you'll, hear, you'll hear phrases like this. And, 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 and the, guy, the guy I always end it with, oh, you know, mama isn't happy. Nobody's happy. Well, you mean you live with a brawling woman? Those, those kind of phrases shouldn't be in our vocabulary. That I got to walk around on eggshells and tiptoe around to keep mama happy. Right? Oh, you know how he is. He's a bear. What, what does that mean? Got to make, make sure everything's ready. Daddy will be home in a little bit. Got to make sure everything's ready. Well, my Lord, but if I'm walking in love, I'm walking in forgiveness, I want Daddy to be home. I, right, I want to come home. I, right, I wanna, I'm, I'm willing to forgive, right? I say I'm willing to forgive, and, and then you don't have any of that business, right, of, of being cold in the bedroom, and, and, right? That's ridiculous. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's ridiculous. Amen. 
I'm, 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 not, I'm not being common. I'm just trying to say if I'm walking in forgiveness, then there's no room for that. I say there's no room for that because I'm forgiving, especially when that's the person that God has brought into my life that I stood before God and said I would love and honor and cherish, right? Well, part of loving and honor and cherishing is forgiving. If I love you, I'll forgive you, and I'll forgive you when you ask me. Is that right? Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm not going to get into that. Look at Colossians 3. That's a whole other message. It's so important. It's so important. You know, because God will ask you to exercise forgiveness in the little things. Right? Because there's bigger assignments. I say there's bigger assignments. You know, there are things that are far more important in this world than your feelings. Well, they hurt my feelings. I'm sorry. Get them unhurt. I mean, there's nothing else that you can do, right? There's nothing else that can, that can be done. Because if you're, listen, hurt is offense. If, if I walk around having let somebody hurt my feelings consistently, number one, my feelings should not have been out there where they were the primary thing that could be walked on. I'm supposed to walk in the Spirit, not in my feelings, Right? Amen. You know, you know, day one, I moved into my new house. Day two, excuse me. Day two, I had to forgive. Had to forgive. Day two, I'm mowing the yard. I was bagging up the clippings, and I just, I, I took them up, and I set them on the storm drain. I wouldn't, I don't even think I was going to leave them there. I was just getting them out of the way, out of the yard. And the neighbor came down, walking down the hill, said, Excuse me. I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm your new neighbor. He goes, yeah, hi. I don't want your stuff on my property. I'm like, see? Yeah, thank you. Maumelle's a friendly town, right? I said, hey, hey oh, no problem. I got it, right? Now, now, moving forward, they've been very nice. But here's, I had to forgive day one. I, I, had, I had to forgive the people that lived in our house before us because they made all the neighbors so mad. <laughs> this neighbor was telling me things they did. This neighbor was telling me things they did. And Lord, I forgive them. I don't even know them, but I forgive them. <laughs> because those are little things that God has you working on because he's going to move you into something bigger. And I need the full expression. Is that, is that right? Yes, See, God, God can't give churches cities if the church won't forgive each other. God can't, God can't bring us the people he wants to bring us if we're not willing to forgive each other where we're at right now, because you got to understand my mindset. I'll take anybody. 
I'll take anybody. Just send them. Amen. Why? Because we believe in winning them, building them, and sending them. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to win one, build one, and send one. Amen. And they might be a different color than you. They might be in a bad spot. They might come here addicted. They might come here homosexual. They might come here messed up, right? As my wife used to preach, toe up from the flow up. Amen. Hallelujah. Messed up from the chest up. Hallelujah. But in any event, they're coming, right? What are we going to do? Love them. Love them. Show compassion. Remember where I was. Remember when I was living in that pickup? Remember when I was living in that cab? Right? Remember when nobody cared about me? And Right? And, and everybody just wanted me out of their life. That's how they are. That's what's going on in their life. And when they come here, they're going to find people to say, come on. Come on. Come in here. Bring, come on. Bring, bring the addicted. Bring the messed up. Bring, bring the millionaire that's not happy because his money can't make him happy. Bring, bring the person. Bring the businessman that thought he would find his fulfillment in his job, but that's not what brought him fulfillment. Bring them here, and what do we do? We'll love them first, and We'll forgive them and we'll help them and we'll fill them full of the word. And inside of six months, their life will change. And we're just going to love them. Just going to love them. I say we're just going to love them. Amen. There was a young man in, in church today. Brother Tavakal brought him up after church, and I was talking to him, and, and I, he wanted me to pray for him, pray with him. He was battling some things, uh, different issues in his life, and, and I prayed with him. And when I got done, I said, uh, I said, you know, if you keep coming and you just give the Lord six months, give the word six months, you'll not know your life. And he looked at me and said, you really believe that? I said, I really believe that. Well, I didn't know where he worked. He worked at Cantina Laredo, and that's where we went for lunch today. And, and, and we were about done, and he came walking by the table. He goes, hey. I'm like, hey, right? And he goes, I didn't know you were here. Man, my life changed. And I was shaking his hand. I said, I guess you found a new church, didn't you? He said, yeah, I guess I did. Amen. People say, but you, you know, what's going on in his life? Don't know. Don't care. The word will change it. Right? And then when he sits down beside somebody that's willing to love him and willing to care about him and willing to forgive him, right? The last thing I want our church to be is religious. The last thing I want our church to be is have this air of smugness about us. Listen, everywhere you were when you found Jesus, you may not have ever taken a drink of alcohol or put a drug in your body, but here's what I know and you cannot defend, is everybody under the sound of my voice was going to hell. There was no way around that. Ever what place you were in, your life was lost and undone without Jesus Christ, and somewhere Jesus found you, and he found you like the old song we used to sing. He found you bleeding and dying, and he poured in the oil and the wine, and he saved you and delivered you and set you free. And Paul says, just like he did that for you, you do that for each other. This, this has to be the safest environment there is. Amen. If anybody, if anybody should be able to ask for forgiveness from you, it's that person sitting next to you or in front of you or behind you. Why, that's your brother and sister in Christ. 
Amen. That's the eternal relationship that you have. The relationships you have in this room, listen, they are far, they are going to be eternal. They are far longer lasting than some of the natural relationships you have. Everybody you see in this room, you're going to see them forever in eternity. You're going to live with them forever with Jesus Christ and with the Father. There are people that you know in your life that you're not going to live eternally with. And people will forgive those people because they put some type of importance on them and they'll forgive them in a moment's notice because of how important that person is. But the Bible says the most important person that you have to forgive in your life is your brother or sister in Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory. Let me finish here. Did you find Colossians? Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Well, let's start in verse 12. Put on, therefore, is the elect of God. You know, he says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, or because you're the elect of God. Put on, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy. Now, that's so important because that word when he says bowels of mercy, it is put on tender mercies. Now, mercy is the love of God in action. Mercy, by definition, is active compassion. All right, you can't have mercy on someone static. It has to be active compassion. That's why Jesus used the, the, the term in the story of the Good Samaritan. He said that he went down and he fell among thieves. And you remember the, 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 the Levite and the priest wouldn't help him. But it says that there came a Samaritan and had mercy on him. Well, then it follows it up and shows the mercy. What did he do? He poured in the oil and the wine and cleansed his wounds and put him on his own beast of burden and carried him to the hotel and paid for that night and then paid for a whole week and then came back, right? That was active compassion. And then Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day, he said, so who was this man's neighbor? And they said, the one, the Samaritan. And Jesus said, that's what you need to do. Go and show active compassion. Amen? And then he says, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, oh, hallelujah, forbearing one another. That means bearing with one another. You know, if a speaker's up there and and they're kind of running over their time, you know, I'm not going to do that tonight, but they'll say, y'all bear with me. What does that mean? Give me a little time. Right? Seriously, how many give me five minutes? Raise your hand if you give me, okay, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. I got at least 45 more right there. No, no, I'll be done in just a few minutes, I promise. Forbearing, forbearing, bearing with, right? Look at your neighbor right now tonight and say, hey, bear with me. Tell him one more time, say, hey, brother, bear with me. Hey, sister, bear with me. Amen. Glory to God. When I, was, when I was a younger man in church, there was a song that they would sing sometimes, and it said, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. All right? How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. 
right? Well, he's still working on me, still working on you. Just bear with me, right? Bear with me. Hallelujah. And then he goes on and he says, forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. As Christ forgave you, that's how you forgive. And, he, and notice he says in the context, if you have a quarrel. What's he say? We'll stop it. Forgiving. That's important. You know, I'll counsel marriages sometimes, and I'll hear this at times. Well, let me tell you my side. Well, no, wait a minute. If you're for the marriage, your side don't matter. Yeah, but let me tell you what he did. That's, that's part of the reason you got a problem is you're keeping a record. Well, let me tell you what she did. Oh, you got a record? What if in a marriage somebody would just say, I forgive? Well, they need to change. The power of love cannot be fully expressed towards that person if I'm not forgiving. It's love that's going to change them. Amen. I say it's love that's going to change them. Remember, Brother Hagin, he had, he, had, he had went to the church that he was pastoring, and, uh, and, and, and he had uh, uh, came, and, and the lady came, and she knocked on the door of the parsonage, and she said, they, Brother Hagin had been in a conference, had been out of town, and he was pastoring, and, and the lady said uh, he didn't know her, his first time meeting her, and he said, okay, and she wanted to talk to him, and she said, I want to tell you about old sister so-and-so, and Brother Hagin said, okay. And she said, I want, you to tell, tell, I want to tell you what she did to me. And Brother Hagin said, I was thinking it was the Wednesday that we were out of town. And she started counting up on her fingers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Brother Hagin said, I thought she was going to say eight days ago. She said, eight years ago. Eight years ago she did this to me. And I can't forgive her. Brother Hagin, you know, I guess he's operating in that strong pastoral anointing. He said, sister, you're a bald-faced liar. You're not forgiving because you don't want to forgive. It's not that you can't. Now, I would never call anybody a liar except the devil, right? But my, my point is, is understand that. I can forgive anybody if I want to. And if I understand what's at stake, what's at stake is I don't get the full expression of the love of God flowing in my life. Do you understand that? If couples, if married couples would make a decision to walk in love and forgive, that they're, 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 you would get all your counseling that you need when you come to church, and you wouldn't have to set up time for an appointment. And we're not against that. We'll help whoever. But I need you to understand that. I learned that long ago. I, 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 learned, I learned to self-correct. And here's what I mean by that. If I'm going to sit in church and hear the Word, and I hear something, and it's like, it's right here, I'm going to correct that. No need to call for an appointment. I'm, I'm, that's done. That's done. 
I've looked at my wife before. We were sitting on the front row, and, and whoever's ministering would say something. And I'd look at my wife and say, okay, that's done now. I'm never going to do that again. I'm going to self-correct. Amen. You know, correction from an outside source very rarely falls on anybody that will self-correct. i got to self-correct. See, this, this is a time of, of just saying, okay, if I'm not forgiving, I'm going to forgive. Whoever. That don't, that don't mean you agree with them. Well, my family's mad at me, you know, because of this or that or the other. Well, you can forgive them and still not hold a party where everybody can drink. And forgive them. Right? Amen. Amen. I say amen. amen. I listen, I've, I've, had, I've had in the past, in the past, in, in other times in our ministry, I've had people come to me and say, you know, we have family members, and they're, we'll, we'll use this uh, a light term, they're living an alternate lifestyle, and they want to be heavily involved in our child's life, and we're not comfortable with that. Then don't do it. Yeah, but we want them to know we love them. Oh, I love you. But I'm going to hold to the standard of truth. And I'm going to forgive you. If you get mad at me, I'm going to forgive you. But it doesn't change. Does that make sense? Because it keeps you free. You will never, you cannot ever expect the world. Now, I want you to understand how far we got into this. You see these scriptures up here in the corner? That's all we got into. So, all right, we, 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 I got two pages so we didn't even touch, so three pages we didn't even touch. So we'll get into that another time. But uh, as, as we're closing, I, I need you to see that. There, there is so much riding on your forgiveness. Do you remember, and, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this, the Lord said to me a number of years ago, back in 2016, he said, criticism is deadly. And he, and he took me to the book of Numbers, and I won't take the time to teach on this, but just to, to share this with you. And you'll remember that uh, Moses, Miriam, and Aaron didn't care for his wife, didn't care for his, their sister-in-law. Now, some people say it was her color or, or her race or whatever. I don't know. The Bible says she was an Ethiopian or a Kuchite woman. So I don't know. I don't know if it was color or what. doesn't matter. But the point is, is uh, they got upset. And God said, both of y'all, come and meet me. And Moses, you come too. Right? Meet me at the tabernacle. And they went up. You'll remember what God said. I, I won't take the time. But what were they doing to Moses, criticizing him? You know, the Bible says in, in Matthew 7, where Jesus says, judge not that you won't be judged. One translation, the Weiss Bible says, stop pronouncing censorious criticism on people. And that word censorious, it means to be severely critical of others. Easiest thing in the world is to be a critic. Because you can criticize and you don't have to worry about forgiving. Right? But, 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 but God said, you know, when I want to talk to Moses, I talk to him face to face. He said, I don't have to speak to him like I got to speak to you in a dream 
or in a dark saying, I talk to him face to face. Right? And the glory lifted, and Miriam was a leper. Is that right? Aaron wasn't. The anointing protected him. What did Moses do? Fell down on his knees and began to ask God to forgive her and heal her. Now, see, we read there in Colossians, it says uh, to put on humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Do you remember what the Bible says about the man Moses? He was the meekest man in all the earth. If you're humble and meek, you're going to forgive. Now, they were criticizing him for, for, for nothing, but they were criticizing his wife. You know, you don't make friends with a guy talking ugly about his wife. That is. You want me to like you like my wife? Right? What did Moses do, though? He asked God to forgive him. And what did God say to Miriam? Because of my servant Moses, I'm going to fix this. Is that right? Think, think about that. Think about that. There are things that God can do in your home, in your family, if you'll just forgive. If you'll just forgive. I'm telling you what, there are so many financial issues that God can just clear up if I'll just forgive, if I'll just forgive. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't the Lord good? Amen. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor tonight, say, neighbor, I promise I will always, always forgive you. I will never hold anything against you. Amen. Hallelujah. See, we are of love. God is love. We are of love. We can forgive. Amen. Let's stand up tonight. Did you receive anything from the Word? I pray so. I pray so. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I always want you leaving church built up. I always want you leaving fed and, and growing. Amen. And I just believe God. Glory to God. Don't forget, of course, Wednesday night, Pastor Michelle will be here ministering the Word. And uh, then Sunday, one service Sunday morning. Amen. Uh, Brother Jim won't be with us. They'll be ministering in Kansas. And they were gracious enough to allow Pastor Michelle and I to be together on Christmas. And uh, so we're so grateful. Amen. So we'll all be here on Christmas, and the kids will be singing again. And uh, Lily was so happy today. Amen. Doing a dance. Hallelujah. We had real tears at breakfast this morning. I can't go do the program, I, but we'll work it out. I promise you'll get to do the program. Amen. And so uh, uh, the Lord is good. And, you know, I, I like to tell you this all the time, but uh, uh, I, I, I want to tell you as often as I can how much we love you. And, uh, you know, Pastor Michelle and I, when he brought us to Little Rock, uh, you know, I don't want to say I didn't want to come to Little Rock. I wanted to do what God said, but you know, I, I had, near, at that time, over 20 years pastoring one church in one location. And uh, I, did, I did not know, I, did, I don't want to say this, I didn't know the level of love that God could add to my heart and my spirit for a group of people until I came here. Amen. Amen. And uh, y'all are family. And uh, uh, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to do like Brother James says. 
we're going to make it do what it do. Amen. Hallelujah. And the Lord is good to us. And here's the reality of it. You know, I'm going to marry some of y'all. I'm going to marry your children. I'm going to marry your grandchildren. Uh, chances are I'll bury some of y'all. Amen. There's chances uh, moving forward. And you know what? We're just going to love the Lord and be a family all the way through it. We're going to plant churches. We're going to plant life groups. We're going to grow. We're going to thrive. We're going to cover Arkansas in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah.